Hi, all. I'm Nini Ellison, your host for this educational podcast, sharing thoughts and ideas to help each one of us think more deeply and become more aware of our our unique strengths and skills so that we can increase the accuracy of how well we represent who we are. Do you represent yourself well? One of the ways you can do this is to keep growing. In fact, once again, personal growth is winning the gold star for making the biggest difference in your life. Your intentions and your actions in changing and developing as a person is a win every time. In looking to be clear about what personal growth is, Dr. Chris Robachek and her colleagues have validated four skills that are found in personal growth. And if all four of these are present, then what these researchers have learned is that we can even grow more quickly. This is where we can have a powerful impact on our lives and on the lives of those with whom we connect. (laughs) Sign me up, right? I mean, this is a never-ending journey, and the growth keeps happening over and over again throughout our lives. It can't be easy to seek growth without an end in sight. I mean, can we get to a point where we don't want to grow anymore? I've been thinking about this particularly over the last four months as I've seen leaders grow weary about keeping up with the daily changes they've been facing since early 2020. Have you heard or perhaps you've said comments like, I am so over this global virus, or I am so exhausted with all the changes, or I can't even keep up with all the changes. The reality is that personal growth can only continue as you and I continue to be ready for change. Without being able to face continual change, we put ourselves at risk. Let me put this another way for intentional personal growth to occur you will need to step outside of your comfort zone. Last year, as a part of my connection with the John Maxwell team, I was honored to join in a project called Transformation Paraguay. And while in Asuncion, the capital city, I participated in roundtables focused on core values for transformational leadership. One of the courses on vision began with this statement. It's not our circumstances that determine our lives but our decisions. Amy, a nurse practitioner, recently reached out to me saying she had a story she wanted to share with me. She had had an experience that helped her to understand that not being ready for change, you know, one change after another, could have long-term consequences. So I invite you to hear a part of Amy's story. In early spring, I had the pleasure of joining a mastermind with Nina where we spoke of the unintended consequences of COVID-19 and the impact of not having access to water because of the personal protective equipment uh, that we have to wear. Uh, this conversation really resonated with me and stayed on my mind for many days. On May 26th, my husband and I were diagnosed with COVID-19. My husband and my three children all had minor cases, thankfully. But as I record this, I am in week eight of my <clears throat> my recovery. Thankfully, uh, this has been at home under the close monitoring of my primary care and my pulmonologist. But on June 22nd, I had an acute change and had to go to the emergency department. This was a trip that I had been dreading and I had been trying to avoid going to the hospital altogether. 
Um, I was quickly ushered into a makeshift um, ER COVID room. I'd been hearing a lot about these, and so I um, was kind of curious, actually, to see what they looked like. It had the big uh, walls and the door um, and the big reverse airflow vents. It looked kind of like something from the corner of a corner laundry mat with all those metal shafts and things like that. I heard a knock on the door, and it was the radiology technician, and she was wearing that famous papper suit, which I had also not seen before in person. (coughs) Um, This was the first time. um, So I was obviously curious. So I um, started making some small talk with her to uh, ask about the suit and what it was like to wear it. She told me that she had failed all the fit tests for the hospital. And she had a really small face. And so they had gotten her the suit to wear and how difficult it was to put on and off. But you know, she was very thankful for having it. So she set me up for the x ray in the room and uh, took the film. And I noticed, huh, she didn't leave. She didn't leave the room. In my experience in the past, having been a pediatric ICU nurse, we did a lot of portable x-rays. It was always standard procedure for everybody to step back about three feet from the bed, three or four feet, or to leave the room completely. So that kind of struck me that she hadn't done that. Yeah, so that was it. And she left and I was just thinking about that in my mind. And then fast forward again, six days later, I'm back in the emergency department with the same symptoms. And ironically enough, the same radiology tech happens to be my tech again that night. So she remembers me and I remember her and we chat again for a few minutes and she sets me up and she takes my film again. And I thought, I got to say something. So I asked her, I said, do you have, are you wearing a shield under the papper? And she said, no. And I said, are you supposed to be wearing a shield? And she said, no. I, I said, well, are you supposed to leave the room? And she said, yes. And I just said, well, you know why? I'm just curious, you know, why aren't you leaving the room? And she said, you know, it is just so hard to maneuver around the walls and the beds with the machine. And she ends up trapping herself in there. And it just takes too much time to get herself back out appropriately. So she just doesn't do it. And I just kept thinking, I'm like, oh my gosh, here's an unintended consequence. This has to be adding up. I just couldn't stop thinking after that about, you know, here we are, all these healthcare providers, all the PPE and, you know, even the environment of that room with the walls and the doors and the beds kind of trapping her in that environment. She couldn't get out to appropriately distance herself from that radiology, um, from that equipment. And she's exposing herself to that radiation every time. So thank you for allowing me to share my story. Wow. Thanks, Amy, for taking the time to tell your story. And I have to tell you all on the podcast that when she first reached out to me, she said she had a story to share, but she was still struggling with her breathing. And I told her, no rush, share your story only as you have the energy. But in hearing this story, I think of all the changes the radiology technician had made to get to the right protective equipment. Did you start thinking what happened as I did? Why stop with the decision to avoid radiation? Have you ever gotten to a point where you just can't absorb any more change? And when you get to this point of not being ready for any more change, Are you aware of the impact it has to your personal growth, to the decisions that you're making that affect you directly and those around you? Are you aware of unintended consequences like Amy pointed out? 
one last question. Is it possible to continue with a readiness for change for the sake of what you value? So I'm going to share three things that I believe. First, I I believe that readiness for change never ends. Secondly, change fatigue happens. And third, your core values make a difference. How do you get ready for nonstop change? Can you align your personal core values in support of being ready for change? Let's look at the three elements that I just discussed. The first one is readiness for change never ends. If you've read any of Simon Sinek's work on the infinite game, you know that he talks about the objective being for us to keep playing the game rather than thinking with a finite mindset where there's a winner and an end. When we think with an infinite mindset, then we know without having to repeat it constantly to ourselves that readiness for change never ends. We're looking to see how we can keep playing the game. You know, as I think about readiness for change, there's not one specific destination. There, there's no line drawn in the sand indicating that now you're finished with change. The second thing I shared with you was that change fatigue happens. Let's call it out. It's okay to become weary of change. And at least two things may be happening. First, an increase in the number of changes that you face may be impacting a decrease in your commitment to change. You might start out in a really difficult project, so committed to whatever it takes to get this project underway. But as the changes keep coming at you nonstop and you start experiencing change fatigue, then your commitment to making change after change after change decreases. You might have come out of the gate saying, oh yeah, I'm ready for change. I mean, think of all the changes that the radiology tech made to get to the point of having this phenomenal personal protective equipment on. A second thing that might be happening is the increase in the number of changes that you face may be increasing your immediate choice to find convenience or even comfort over commitment. So change fatigue exists, and I think it's important for us to call it out and understand what's happening to us. But the third statement I made is really a part of the key. And and I don't want you to think I'm not aware of the complexity of the topic today. It's like I've taken a little tiny slice of the pie to try and help gain some insight. But that third point that I called out was about core values and the difference they make. One of the things I did when I realized what was happening within a global pandemic is I went back and I affirmed my personal core values. I really wanted to be grounded in what mattered to me as the roller coaster of change unfolded. Do you have a list of core values? If not, take time this week and put them down in writing. On Monday mornings, I have the privilege of joining a group of about 80 leaders from around the world for generative dialogue. 
You know, the kind of dialogue that recognizes there really is no new idea under the sun, but the newness can come from the connection and the linking of ideas in a new way. Generative dialogue. Recently, on this call, we discussed personal core values, where they come from, and what they mean. Here are some of the ideas that came up from the group. The origin of our core values comes from within walking distance of our home. Core values can change as we grow and evolve, as we travel, as we gain experiences, as we expand our environment. We need to test our core values. Your core values are more about what you do than what you say. Core values represent who you are, and they show up in how you live, the company you keep, and who your circle of influence is. Core values should be echoed in the stories you tell. Core values can also create bias in how we interact with others, our willingness to listen to others' points of view, and our ability to role model for others. Living in a world where there is rapid change increases the importance of affirming your core values to ground yourself in in what matters to you. I feel like I've had a lot of questions today for this podcast, but I'm going to end with, with three more. The first one is, with your own personal growth, are you ready to embrace this idea that readiness for change never ends? The second question, who do you reach out to for help and support when you see the signs of change fatigue creeping in? And the third one, what commitment do you need to reaffirm that your core values consistently show up as you live a life in readiness for for never-ending change? Let's get ready for change. Let's embrace change day by day by day. And you can reach me at www.healthyleadership.online.